0: Welcome to another episode of Decided Heart Conversations, and we are so honored, excited, thrilled to be joined by Jasmine Stringer today because she has a story that you are going to want to hear. Not only are you going to want to hear her story, but you're going to want to join in her story, and you get to be a part of what is unfolding right now at this moment, at this time, and be a part of the history in the making. It is a phenomenal Pathway that she is on. So, before we get too deep there, let's start by bringing you to the forefront, Jasmine, and talking about who you are. We met in a class, it was so cool. We know a, a great group of women that all rise up, support each other, help each other out. We were in a class together that I was doing on personal branding. You impressed me so much because you had such wise questions, so much insight. And it's to be expected because of your background and what you do. So talk to us a little bit about who you are, what you do.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to having this conversation um, with you lovely ladies today. Uh, You know, I would say at the very core of everything that I do, I am on a mission to help people live um, more authentic, connected, and mindful lives. So I make a living um, fulfilling that mission by working as a speaker, a lifestyle expert. I've penned one book, I'm working on another book, and then I coach clients. So, you know, mission, how I make a living. Personally, I think I'm a lot of fun. I've never met a stranger. You know, I love the colors purple and yellow. I dance a little bit offbeat. Um, <laughs> And I smile a lot.
0: <laughs> you absolutely do. And you have a mantra that I love, which is carpe diem. And you, when you see something in front of you, you do seize that moment. You don't wait. And and you are, I mean, you, you sort of gave a brief background, but can you drill down a little bit more about what it is that you, I mean, you're a lifestyle expert. You are a, I mean, when you are coaching people, what is your emphasis? What do you Right. But do you really, you're kind so, of I, all the yeah, things.
1: Yeah. I Yeah. So I tried to do that really succinct because, you know, to help people understand. So you mentioned it. I live my life by the mantra, carpe diem, which is Latin for seize the day. And so some people hear this seize the day and they're like, oh my goodness, that is a really lofty expectation or Oh, how do I seize the day when I'm home with my kids and they're getting on my nerves or how do I seize the day when I'm working a job that's not fulfilling me 100% and so I work with my clients, I work with audiences to really talk about how you seize the day in your everyday living, because it's not these lofty experiences, it's not these grand things that we do, it's really the everyday moments that add up and uh, enable us to seize the day when we think about it, the moments that make up our day.
2: So, Jasmine, I you speak my language. I I love I get it. I love that energy behind it. Was there? I would love to know when when did that mantra come to be?
1: Were you born with that mantra, or do you have to? No, I wasn't born with the mantra, but I learned the mantra in high school. So I'll say I've always marched to my own beat. I've always been a little different. And I, I went to school back in the day when you studied the classics. I don't think schools say, you know, unless you're going to a classic education, you don't study the classics anymore. And so I heard this expression and it was different like me. And I was like, oh, I like that. So I just started using it, carpe diem. But I will tell you, uh, living every single day, The mantra has new meaning. So I learned the phrase carpe diem in high school and shortly after um, we were studying Greek literature and I studied Horace and I uh, One of my classmates lost her brother who went to my high school and he was a star athlete came from a wonderful family good looking like all of these things and it was like, wait a minute. He was healthy, playing basketball, strong. We thought he was in the hospital because he had bronchitis. And now you tell us he's dead. And I'm like, whoa, life can change in the blink of an eye. I mean, I think about this year, and I know Hillary's in California. I'm not sure where you are, Sonia. Where are you in California also. Mm -hmm. So I think California maybe was a little bit early, but I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I think of... March 13th as the day my world changed uh, in this pandemic that we're living in. I remember I had been out of town. I was going to continue being out of town. I came home that week for work. It was a great day. Uh, I talk about vision because I believe everything begins with the vision you hold for your life. So one of the things I've always wanted to do for a couple years now is do something with the Mall of America because I live where the all of America. So I had been invited to be a part of their spring summer campaign. Um, I had done another podcast. I talked to a client about a potential speaking gig. It was like I was rocking and rolling. I mean, this COVID was in the atmosphere, but you know, we were we were living with it. Then our governor mentioned social distancing and that was like, okay interesting. We've got to practice social distancing. And then things started canceling, like events over the weekend. And I remember I was emceeing an event and I was like, oh my goodness, are they going to cancel that? And I needed to travel um, that Sunday to get back to my husband. And so then this kind of fear and emotion and doubt came into play, all while I'm trying to seize each and every day. But our life, really changed in the blink of an eye from march 13th to march 15th when i left minnesota again
0: it and drastically and it's and and it kept on changing it it kept changing this has been such a remarkable time and sort of led to where your mission is right now so first right. of all we have yes this is my career that's what this is what's laid out in front of me this is what's happening oh wait how am I gonna do this now is this all gonna be online am I gonna travel am I so all of us right. getting so there and then lead us to where you're at right now and and what happened. yeah
1: I will tell you so um One, yes, you have all of that stuff. And I am a person, you know, I fly a couple times a month um, for audiences. I always think that I'm better in person because I bring a lot of passion, a lot of energy, and I love people and I like connecting. So I'm like, oh my goodness, um, what's going to happen to my business? I had committed to, I had a big professional goal that I wanted to reach as far as revenue this year from speaking. And I really decided that I was going to put a lot of time and energy behind my speaking business. And then cancellation. So can you imagine this? Like some people are like, oh, they got sent home to work. I'm getting cancellations and I'm getting postponements and we don't really know what we're going to do, but please bear with us. And so I'm, you know, I am an internal optimist. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, follow some motherly sage advice. Just be patient and see what happens. Um, and it was quite evident that this life was not returning quickly to the way it was once before. And so I said, okay, well, I needed to do some operational things like work on my website and implement a CRM. So I used the opportunity to, to keep moving within that pivot. So one of the reasons um, I'm a part of the networking group that you mentioned, Hillary, but um, one of the reasons why I wanted to take the class also is because I wanna learn how to facilitate online classes and things of that nature again, because I'm such an in-person person, you know, and I have to change that narrative. So I've been doing, you know, now I've been speaking virtually a lot and doing some virtual workshops, but I always like to see how other people are doing it as I practice and hone this new virtual experience of a world. So we have a, you know, health pandemic going on and then i live in minneapolis minnesota and um george floyd's murder happens and so that opens another big you know bucket of emotions you know i like to say it was a conundrum of emotions for myself because you're dealing with this murder in your city you're dealing with a city that's hurting you're dealing with protesters you're dealing with rioters and you're trying to make sure that the narrative is correct and people are calling the protesters the protesters and the rioters the rioters and then we open this we well we don't even open we take the band-aid off of this wound that has been festering and is so infected and so nasty and pussy and you know it is gross and we have to deal with it called racism and social injustice injustice, and the lack of equity for black and brown people in this country and BIPOC people in this country. And so now, you know, I call it the new awakening. As a black person in America, I've been living this every single day of my life. Um, and yet at some point, I have to admit that I too have some privilege, um, you know, due to socioeconomic education. I mean, I don't have all the privilege. My privilege is not white privilege, but yet there is a different, you know, I'm not, you know, on um, government. So, you know, there are things that I, I have a different thing. So you processing all of that. Um, and I always say that I want to be a part of the solution and not a problem. And so last month on June 24th, I launched Share the Mic. MN. And Share the Mic MN is a campaign really designed about amplifying and expanding the reach of Black and Brown women living in the state of Minnesota. It's a statewide initiative there was a national campaign that happened called Share the Mic Now, but I had a bunch of things that led me to think that I needed to do this. And then it's like, oh, I heard about this campaign. And, you know, so anyway, so that's where I am now. And I know I was talking a lot, so no, <laughs> no, well, <laughs> I let you talk. Yeah, that's why you're here, is because yeah.
0: we want to listen and we want to learn. And I love everything that you're saying. And I want to hear more about Share the Mic um, and, and how people can get involved and how it's going because it's it's not an everyday thing although you can go search the hashtag on Instagram every day and see things but but tell us more about the movement itself Jasmine yeah I so
1: I will speak to it from share the mic M N in because that is the campaign that I founded um and basically like I said our mission is to amplify the voices and the reach of black and brown women we started this campaign by partnering um, or pairing Black and Brown women, we call the Black and Brown Women Partners, with an ally. And that ally is a person that is not Black or Brown, and it can be a male or a female. And basically, it's a social media takeover. And the social media takeover happens every Wednesday this month, um, the month of July. I'm not sure of your air date. And then we will be moving to a bi-monthly schedule. August through December, and we'll be on the second and the fourth um, Wednesday of every month. And so, you know, these women, they're sharing their stories, they're sharing their experiences, they're sharing what they see, how they want to change the world, their personal call to actions, because at my core, let's talk about, you know, I gave you that mission and all of that stuff. I'm a connector. And I know that the way we build connections is through our stories. And so I'm hoping that the allies' audience members are drawn to the stories that the partners are sharing, and it leads them to take action in some shape or form. When we talk about um, the racial injustice uh, racial inequity and all of the things that are happening you know i talked about that womb that has been opened it is an iceberg and i think we are only touching the tip of the iceberg and there's so much work that has to be done and i'm hoping that these new audiences will hear something that resonates from these women the partners stories and invoke them to take action. I say, I wanna spark action. You know, I want these conversations to spark action because maybe you hear someone talking about education and you're in the education. So you say, you know, I'm gonna do a little research. Oh, I like that project she talked about. Or last week we had a woman that is running for office and you're like, you know, I wanna get behind this political candidate. Or we had a woman who is a young, Black mom, and she talked about, you know, growing up in Minnesota as a young Black woman and the self-esteem issues that she had and how she's really trying to instill self-love and value to her daughters when they are living in a world where, one, they don't see many people look like them, and they are constantly reminded through images on television, through the glances, that you are not enough or you got to do more. So how do you reaffirm these young ladies and let them know that they are enough, they are worthy, they are capable when the world is saying something else? And so maybe you decide that, you know what, I wanna help change that narrative.
2: You know what, I, I, I really am inspired by your work it is the word connector. And you know I, I think the initial reaction when that bandaid was pulled off is action, action, action. And what was very difficult is awareness, for, for us to, to challenge our own privilege, to, to not choose just a side, but to be aware of what our purpose and place is. And for you to, what, what's unique for me in that work that you do is to lean in, like the word allies was so important to me. It was really mm-hmm. to me because we're leaning into each other rather than creating this defense which can build that wall. And right. for me, um, there's this this great program I took that was a 21-day racial equity challenge. And it really created this awareness that that I know my place. I'm ready to take action. And I just right. I feel like your work is foundational in creating the change that we're all wanting to see, not wishing to see. Right. I'm so truly inspired by that work.
1: Thank you so much. And, you know, I think that's your point. Like, that's one of the things that I learned about myself um, during these things, during this period, is that I am a person of action. And sometimes, you know, and I like to talk, and you you know, so sometimes it's like, you got to listen more than you talk. But what is the proper action for me to take? Because, you know, so many people are doing things, but how can I have an impact in my world and start where I am. This is what this campaign was about, starting where I am. Because this cannot be a moment in time. This has to be a movement and we have to sustain this if we are going to change um, these issues and really heal and move forward in a fair and equitable manner for all people, like our four founders wanted. And so, yes, I worry about some of the, I'm gonna be very frank, the white women in my community that I've seen that have like done food drives and they've like, they took something down to the protesters, or they took something down to North Minneapolis or they did like groceries out of food. They did a food bank. Yes, that was wonderful and thank you. But there is so much more that needs to be done. So I don't want them to say, oh, I did something. Yay, I had my action. I feel good about myself. And there's so much more. We have a school year coming up, and we know that many in Minnesota we have the largest achievement gap in the United States, which is really unfortunate. When you think there are over 50 Fortune 500 companies headquartered here, so how do you examine yourself and your privilege or your experiences or your expertise and say, you know what? How can I help with education? Because this is something I'm really passionate about. Or you know. I'm passionate about food. I'm passionate about um, motherhood. And I know that there are some moms, not just Black moms, but there are moms that are struggling in this, is there school, is there not school? There are moms that need childcare. So how can I be of service and really help heal and move our community together?
0: I think that that's so powerful. And I know we've talked about the term servant leader before, Jasmine, and how important it is to to both of us that leadership is not just about having people follow you, right? Leadership is not, in fact, it's not even about that. It's really about being of service and and bringing others with you and and lifting other people up. And it was interesting as you're talking last night. So I do a a book club every, every, um, it's book discussion every month. And last night we did White Fragility and we had by Robin D'Angelo. Yeah. And so a lot of what you're talking about, we, that, that was a very uh, hard, but awesome read for me, because, and, and I had a couple of realizations for myself as a white woman who like, oh, I'm gonna take action and, and I'm not racist. And, I'm, and I came out of that book thinking, first of all, racism is not binary. It's not good or bad racism is systemic it's not an event it's a system and because of that it's a continuum and we Mm -hmm. have to constantly be moving ourselves through the process of learning understanding and unlearning the messaging we receive so that we can continue to move in that continuum and and that's that's i really felt strong like to me all of a sudden in that idea of the white fragility for me was well, uh, well, I'm not racist. Well, now I've closed down the discussion. I don't have to do my own work, right? Mm-hmm. If I look at it as binary, now I don't have to do my work. Or if I if I deal with individualism and, and um uh, meritocracy, okay, meritocracy. What you just said, okay. Tell me again how we can do anything if we put our mind to it. Yet there is that huge gap with where we start from an educational standpoint, from an from an economic standpoint in certain areas and and that it is it is it stems back to systems of power that have been put put in place right
1: yeah I mean, I don't think people realize they say that they use third grade reading scores to forecast for prisons in this country. I remember I saw Condoleezza, Price, oh, Condoleezza, Rice, not Rice, sorry, Condoleezza Rice speak and, she, and I was like, what, really? She's like, oh, you give me a child's zip code and I can tell you probably the top three um, final outcomes from their life based on a zip code. I'm like, really? What happened to that statement that you can do and be anything if you're willing to work hard? And you're telling me based on my zip code, you're gonna give me, put me in a bucket of three potential outcomes?
0: Well, and what you're saying, so I just actually just posted this on LinkedIn the other day, uh, yesterday, um, because there there was a, and I don't wanna take up the time, the valuable time listening to your voice, but it was talking about, you know a couple decades ago these housing developments that opened up and were affordable for black and white families but yet the rules that were written in there were black families could not purchase and so because of that now you have somebody who who's bought in as a white family who has now generationally started a legacy of equity right and you don't ha- and not only that but the taxes, the tax base is higher because the tax tax base is higher. That pays into the school. That's the True. system then that you're going to get. And all this. So you start to see where, yes, we have our individual stories, but is it fair that those individual black stories of success have to be exceptionalism right? above and beyond in order to just become equal?
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, a friend of mine, um, And not like a good friend, but a a social media firm posted this great story. And he said, you know, I came from a great middle-class family. My dad is this. I'm a PhD. I've accomplished this. I have three patents, all of these things. And yes, it's great. And he goes, you know, and I, you know, I love to hear, um, or not that I love, I find it very interesting when white people come up and say, yes, I I was poor, I came from nothing, and look at what you've done. And he goes, but you know what the difference is? With everything that I have and I have have accomplished, if I were white, I would be a millionaire by now.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There isn't, and I think that that is. I so I hope. I mean, what I again, what I came out of this whole thing with, for me personally, and obviously it's not about me, is again. You said my my husband likes to say God gave us two ears and one mouth to listen twice as much as we as we speak. Right. Um. And that my work isn't done. It has it has to start. And it's interesting in the book. It talks about progressive women. Uh, White progressive women being the biggest culprits in some cases of racism because they've decided they're they're not racist, so their work is done. They don't have to reflect on what they say and what they're doing and how they're a part of the system.
1: Yeah, or they promote the propaganda and the agenda. I had a conversation with a woman. just this week, who is working on affordable housing in the community that I live in. And of course, it's being met with a lot of um, obstacles. And her number one bullet was, if you believe Black Lives Matter, you will support affordable housing. And I was like, you know, that's fair, but let's unpack this. And (laughs) you are feeding the unconscious bias statement that Black people need affordable housing. So -hmm. let's look at what are the stats on who is actually living in affordable housing in this community on the demographic level? Because that statement says that, oh, only Black people can live here Mm -hmm. because if they are given access to affordable housing. And we know that's not the truth. Right. So let's tell the whole, let's Let's tell the whole truth. Right. And so why is it not that black lives matter? You believe in affordable housing because the numbers will show you that black people aren't benefiting from affordable housing in this community, but why not say if you value, you know, equity, if you value um, supporting people, you will support affordable housing. But don't try to put race in it because that's a hot topic right now. And then in your progressiveness as a white woman, you feed this stereotype.
0: Well, and I think from what you're saying to Jasmine, one of the things that really stuck out for me, and I would love your input on this, as I was reading this, it said the anecdote to um, uh, or antidote to having white fragility and and this basically the idea that we get so defensive that we don't listen anymore is increasing our stamina to be able to bear the bear witness um to the pain to the reality of what 's going on and to be able to own our own place within that and that messaging not as one of guilt but as information so that we can move forward so that idea of stamina which to me brings me back to what you are doing which Mm -hmm. is you're giving the voice to the stories that can help to build that stamina because being on to the next thing that's not stamina right Right. that that isn't
1: right well and if I could we all know multitasking doesn't work that well (laughs)
2: <laughs> Not even I think the stamina comes later. I think there's a daily courage to face the ugly um it's a It's a very intentful decision to say i I want to have the courage to engage and then realizing I think Jasmine said it is the work, so the reactive what what really bothers me is this this initial um Immediate reaction. I shall act. I'm going to act. I'm going to do one thing and then I'm done, right? And that's, right. that stamina isn't there. It's like, no, it's too easy. If there is a lot of work to unpack to truly understand where those dominoes are and mm-hmm. where the work needs to be done. And then you start to feel, holy crap, this is, this is is there is work to be done. Then it's the endurance and stamina to say, can I? have I decided to do the work long term? Yeah. I think that's, that's what you're thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I would also add um, to women wanting to be allies and women wanting to be engaged and and trying to figure out their place. You know, like I said, start where you are. But don't be afraid because I think so many people I hear women, white women, I want to do something. I want to understand better. And this is white fragility, but I'm afraid that I'm going to offend someone. I'm afraid that I'm going to do the wrong thing. You can't let the fear hold you back. You move with grace and positive intent. And I, I always say tee it up. Like I am literally trying to figure this out. You know, don't be snarky with it and then try to cover it up with, oh, I was just trying to understand. But if you were truly grace filled and humble with your dialogues and your conversations, because I think people can tell authenticity versus um, pot stirs. (laughs) Um, And you say, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering facts. I'm trying to make a decision. I'm listening to this. I'm reading this, but I'm trying to decipher all of this and I'm trying to process this. I'd love to have some firsthand, you know, data, Can we talk about X, Y, Z at a convenient time for you? Not when I'm in the grocery store or getting Starbucks, because that's another thing. It's like, wait a minute. I'm not going to unpack my whole experience as a Black woman in America because you want to talk about it now. Where were you five years ago? Where were you when I had this issue and I reached out for help? But because you now, you know, have some liquid courage or some interest, I'm supposed to kowtow to your calendar?
0: That is such a powerful statement, and I think that's so, so valuable, uh, and a lesson that I think we, it's a lesson for now, and this moment, and what we're talking about, but I also think it's an overarching lesson of how lazy we get in expecting someone else to do our work. Yeah. I mean, but, and particularly in this, But it's like, but I, I, but I also don't realize, um, Sonia and I talked about this a lot because we had, we were trying to debate about what we were going to do the week um, that George Floyd was murdered and, and different things. And we said, you know, here's the thing is our friends that are black are exhausted this week, exhausted, emotionally, just done. And it is not fair at this moment in time to ask them to come on and bear witness to that pain in the midst of this. We need to do our own work.
1: While they're trying to process it,
2: right, you know? Yeah. I know that I think we're going to come to a close and I, I know <laughs> well, I'll come back if we want to do a part two ladies <laughs> I'm Definitely going to have to do a part two but I do want to return to this core of who you are Jasmine I mean this movement is huge it's important it's now but it's the seize the day um, and the shifts of what does seize the day mean each day yeah to end this conversation about what those pivots and shifts mean when it comes to that
1: core. um, You know, so today, I think about um, in this very moment, because I always say, bring things back to this very moment. So in this very moment, I'm so thankful for you ladies for sharing your platform with me. Um, I am thankful that it is a sunny day in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm trying to be in the present moment and think about, you know, and just enjoy this summer and not getting to like the winter and what we're going to do there so like I I had two meetings prior to this and I scheduled them as walk-in meets because I want to be outside as much as possible and so that's a very seize the day moment for me because I'm I'm being intentional about being outside and moving my body um in the park that I walk um I don't know if it's kids families they've painted rocks and they put them out you know and they're they're always changing. So I saw two cute rocks today. I actually saw three. The first rock I saw was a a pair of ladybugs holding hands and and with a little heart. And one's like a man and a woman. And I was like, oh, made me think of my love. So cute. Then I just saw like a solid blue one. I was like, okay, whatever. They didn't get that creative with theirs. They just painted it blue. And then I saw another one that said, don't stop. And so... I'm going to leave or close on that phrase. We cannot stop. Don't stop. I would love your audience to connect with me. Um, I'm going to do two plugs if you don't mind. One, I have a great book, I think, which is wonderful for a time like this called Seize Your Life, How to Carpe Diem Every Day. Simply seize your life. And then please support Share the Mic MN. If you know people that can be partners or allies, it's all on the website. But if you can support financially, because we do need money to keep this campaign running, um, no amount is too small and it's all a charitable donation. And that is all available on our website, sharethemikemn.com. Absolutely.
0: So they can go to sharethemikemn.com and also go to Instagram and follow sharethemikemn. Yep, yeah, the
1: hashtag and the account.
0: and the account and the hashtag absolutely sonia last
2: thoughts before no i i I know so much work to be done but i'm thinking about what my day will look like today it's beautiful sunny california i have a half day today i'm going to enjoy my two daughters i i'm going to be very present and i thank you for that jasmine
1: thank you Uh, i love hearing that
2: No,
0: Jasmine, I, it is a gift. Every time I get an opportunity to speak with you, I feel like it is a gift and a joy. And so I thank you so much for the present of your presence (laughs) today for us. We were, we will definitely have a part two. We always give a challenge at the very end. I feel like we have a two part challenge today uh, on Instagram, which will be number one, go and tell us when you have followed share the mic MN. We want to know about it and and it would be really interesting when you go back and look at some of the stories love to hear some of your takeaways the other is tell us how did you seize the day today
1: oh I love that
0: let's do it let's do it Jasmine thank you so very much thank you so much for having me and it was lovely meeting you Sonia I can't wait to do this again.